Hi, it's Chao Wen. I wanted to let you know that now we have a dedicated website for the podcast. It's straightforward, just theconductorspodcast.com. Check it out because now you can search among all the episodes or find topics based on the tags or groupings. And there are a lot of great extra resources that I put out there. Take a look and enjoy today's episode. Hi there, welcome back to the Conductor's Podcast. Hi, this is Lisa again, and I have a lot of stuffed animals, and um, I'm going to tell you about all of them. The first one is a reindeer, and her name is Daisy, and it's actually called Spaghetti Marshmallow. And the next one, it's like a, I think it's a corgi dog, and it's like bread. And the next one is like, it looks like a sushi with like a, no, it's just rice with seaweed over it. And it's like, yeah, it looks like a sushi. And the next one is a little piggy and its name is Piggy. And the next one is like an emoji with a heart eyes and its name is Mr. Smiley. And um, I don't think I have any more. Okay, bye. Hi, this is Louie again. My favorite animal is a koala. I have a huge unicorn at my house, and it doesn't have a name, and I have a pajama. It is called One One. And um, I am a person that likes candy and ice cream and popsicles. And a lot of yummy sweet stuff. And I do not like my food, but my sister takes my uh, ice cream whenever I can't eat it anymore. And she always buggy my face. Bye. So you probably could tell that I've been stuck at home with two kids who were sent home from school because they both had stomach flu. And they are here helping me recording and editing the Conductor's podcast. Today's episode is the second half of my conversation with Karen Cubitus. Last week, we talked about marketing for musicians. And now we are going to talk about her other job that she does a lot, which is career coaching. So I wanted to talk a little bit about your coaching career because um, that's honestly how I got to know you um, because I know you worked with um, several of my conductor friends. Um, how is this like, how do you start getting into this coaching business? Because you talked about you managing orchestras, doing marketing and all that. Was that something that you intentionally um, build a path to, or it just happens to you? Yeah. So I'll answer this question in two parts. Um, 10 years ago, it was very intentional. Now I would say it's very cosmopolitan where everybody's a coach and everybody does coaching. And um, it's good and bad. It's good that we're all talking about mental health and that we're all, um, you know, just more aware about our feelings and um, that there's more to life than just suffrage or whatever we're told in, in music school. Um, but there's also a lot of uncertified, non-qualified folks making certain claims. So that's, you know, one of the um, stressful parts of, of coaching. But 
to answer your question, for me, it was really um, when I got to the Boston Symphony, I thought my dream actually was to run the orchestra one day. I was like, I want to do this. And then um, I got to experience the ends of a very conservative traditional orchestra. And I was like, yeah, no, um, I don't think I could do this. <laughs> and um, in that process, though, I got very close with a lot of the musicians and having gone to Boston Conservatory and being in Boston, like, I just knew a lot of these people. A lot of them were my mentors, were my teachers. And when I was a professional and, and like out of school and got to see them in, in the wild, um, I was so surprised, heartbroken, devastated at how miserable and unhappy a lot of these musicians were. And these were the people that had hit the pinnacle of what we considered success as students. They were making all the money. They were famous. They were amazing. They were playing in this like historic hall. They were touring the world. And I just couldn't believe it. And it just, again, made me so sad to be like, oh my gosh, like I'm working towards this level of stardom or this level of world-classness. Is that what waits for me to just be unfulfilled as a person? So that just really made me think of, you know, what, what was missing. And I considered becoming a therapist. I considered going, you know, the, the medical route. And I also realized that I loved to empathize and connect and share personal anecdotes. And, and that was a part of the way that I, um, taught and, and was helping my clients and supporting them in the things that I knew. And coaching just made more sense at the time so that I could kind of be more more open. And it wasn't through the confines of, of the medical system or, um, quite frankly, more schooling, because I was one of those uh, rogue music students that didn't pursue a master's and everybody was shocked. And it was just like the worst thing ever. And I was like, no, I don't want a master's on another thing that I don't know what to do with. Anyway, um, so from there, um, I decided to become certified through the John Maxwell School, and it was um, a bigger deal at the time. Now it's gone more corporate training, but just on the bas basics of life coaching, which is like how to talk to people, how to ask better questions. Coaching is literally asking better questions. And something that is getting convoluted right now that might help this distinction is there's a difference between a mentor, an educator, and a coach. A mentor is somebody that gives you wisdom and you actually are connected to them whether they know it or not. Um, so for example, one of my mentors is Brene Brown, but we've never talked. I consume all of her books, all of her podcasts, all of that. So that that is a mentor to me. Um, an educator is somebody who shows you how to do something step by step by step. And it's generally not subjective unless, of course, we're talking about music. But for our context here, there is the right way to do hashtags, for example, on social media. Um, there's no wiggle room there. However, if a photo is good or bad, that's very subjective. So from an education standpoint, it's step by step by step. And then a coach is somebody who is there to help you ask better questions, to guide you, but they're not telling you what to do. And it's different from therapy in that it's not like, how do you feel about it? But it's more of like, okay, well, you're thinking about this. Have you considered this? And have you considered this? And a lot of what I love about coaching is just being able to hold space for people to find the answers, which unfortunately and fortunately are within um, and to just remove that interference so that the person can actually see what feels good to them and what makes the most sense. Um, so in career coaching, that's what it is. And, you know, for the last 10, 15 years, 
um, you know, we heard all these nightmare stories from, from our teachers telling people to quit or like, you shouldn't be doing this, or that's not the place to be. That's not what coaching or teaching is about. Um, so it's a very sacred practice and there's also lots of ways to specialize in it. Um, I have clients that are coaches in more of the heart facilitation space or in the conflict resolution space. Um, for me, it's more about emotional intelligence and, and human connection with the Enneagram, our motivations, strength finders, that kind of thing. Um, because I wanted to, to find a space where I was working, I've always wanted to work with the best and I'm so blessed to work with incredibly brilliant musicians and that they don't need support in their craft per se. They need encouragement and empowerment and language for why they are the way that they are, for why the, the way they feel the way that they feel and to just really know that nothing is wrong with them. And the modalities that I've chosen to, to specialize in allow me to do that and then allow me to take it a step further um, with supporting them in their marketing efforts, which I think is the next most important thing. And, and one of the foundations of, of my practice that I learned in the last decade was that you can be wildly unhealthy and successful, but you'll never be fulfilled. So for me, a big value is personal development and career development have to go hand in hand. Um, a basic example would be tenure. You can win the job, but can you keep it? And can you be excited by it? And if the answer is no, then what is all of this for? So that's where that personal journey is so, so crucial. You just answered a lot of my questions. I, and I wanted to thank you for <laughs> um, just like really close um, to clarify what's the difference between like coaching and like a mentor and a therapist. But I wanted to... Um, I'm still a little unclear on the therapist side because I know through coaching, um, the your client's mental health is important. As and yeah. as you say, you have to have a develop some healthy routines um, for a better um, better words. Um, so, how do you see your goal as the coach? Um, you are guiding the the clients to understand themselves better um or like i don't have better words to yeah. describe that. No, totally yeah. totally so yeah the, the therapist we all have trauma therapist works on trauma therapist gives more tools for um language for processing some things that you know could be detrimental and that's why it's so important to make sure you're working with somebody who is certified because i have very strict boundaries in my coaching like as soon as we get to certain topics um, that are more common than not like sexual abuse or injuries or anything like that that is more of a trauma there trauma therapy territory and then you can come back to coaching um in in the coaching space it's more about figuring out um what it is that you want to do and the reason that my coaching isn't a program or isn't a finite amount of time is because things take different lengths for different people. And for me, I wear the hat of coach and the hat of consultant. So I'll have a client come to me and ask me a very straightforward question like, does my website need a media page, for example? That's a consultant question. And the answer is depends on the person. Um, on a coaching perspective, it's more of like, I'm uncomfortable sharing playing videos of myself how do I get past this hurdle? Because I know that I need a media page. And that's where the coaching comes in, where there's like that exploration of self. There's the element of like, okay, who, who told you that you don't sound a certain way or what makes you feel like you can't share this or what's a way that we can work around this? Or do you even need to have videos of your playing? You know, that kind of thing. So it just depends on the person and it depends on, on what they're trying to, to figure out for themselves. And I'm just there to facilitate 
um, how to help them get those answers that they already have. I'm just laughing on the last sentence because help people get answers that they already have. That's <laughs> that's a, that's a phrase of the day. So you might have to answer my next question because I've been thinking. Um, you know, a lot of times. Um, especially, I can only um, speak from my own experience, but a lot of my teachers from the older generation, they would say, okay, they don't, they didn't plan um, their career. It just happened. They got discovered. Mm-hmm. We hear so many of those um, stories. They were ready. They were, they were hardworking. So one day they were given this opportunity and then they shined. So mm-hmm. one thing led to another. They didn't have, they didn't have to do any planning. They didn't have to do any networking. Things just happened for them, which yeah. I never believe. <laughs> but it sounded also like to me that they either were not aware of what strategy they actually used or they were unwilling to share. Um, either of them was that was not great for mm-hmm. when you're in a teacher and student relationship but how do you feel like you know when when people come to a career coach apparently we want to advance in our career that everybody pretty much want um and then you say you just say it like we actually have answers ourselves yeah. and you're helping us to find it so um what is it like do we actually plan things and then and do a try and error or we we plan little steps and see what happens and hoping to be discovered or win a big competition one day. <laughs> yeah. So not to be super meta, but a lot of people think that they want the same kind of success as somebody else. And everybody's definition of success is so different. And I think that that's why the answers from within are crucial um, because some people, yeah, do want to be the next music director of the New York Philharmonic, but most of them don't, but they feel the pressure to have to do that because you have three degrees in conducting or because you studied with everybody and their mom. And it's like, mm, but that might not be successful to you. So I think it's it's really asking the question of like, what is success to you and getting comfortable with the idea that that changes and that that shifts and that it's okay to change your mind. Like we talked about earlier, we're the only industry that shames people for having a degree in one thing and doing something else. Like mathematicians aren't upset because they're architects. Like, of course, yes, go forth and do the thing. So I think it's first understanding that we all don't want the same things. And even if we want to be world-class, that also is relative and it means different things to different people. Um, So I think it's just getting clear on what do you want and more importantly, why do you want it and figuring out what are those steps to get there. And yes, that is what the coach can help you figure out is what is success to you? What what do you want that to be? And and what is sustainable? What makes sense with your life? Um, Another thing is some people say, I want to you know, do all this, for example, guest conducting, and then they either don't want to travel or they actually don't like that. They rather cover or they rather, you know, other things. So it's like, okay, well, do you want it or do you not? And why? And I think just continuing to ask that question. And then as far as our elders, um, because I also had that same experience, uh, especially in the classical saxophone space, which is, as you can imagine, wildly annoying. um, A lot of white men were actually at the helm of this. So I think that that plays a huge role in their success and not to make it a a gender or race conversation, but um, there's a lot of privilege in that space, a lot of opportunities, um, a lot of knowledge, a lot of gatekeeping that until, you know, very recently we're we're starting to kind of unveil and and remove the curtain a little bit. So I'm, I'm hopeful that 
we are entering a future and that, you know, these next generation of Gen Zers and awesome folks can experience a world that's just no BS and like, this is what it is. And I think now more than ever, I get to work with a lot of folks in higher ed, like I said, and, and they're aware of like, we're selling these degrees that lead to nowhere. How can we prepare them better? How can we, you know, do things that are actually going to make a difference there? I have clients that bring in guest speakers in other industries. Um, career preparedness classes are getting a lot better, not fast enough, but better. We have more wellness offerings and we're giving folks an opportunity to understand what they want their futures to look like sooner, not to mention the financial question. Like, can you actually make money in music? How much? What does that mean? Do you want to own property? Do you want to have a family? What would that look like? So I'm, I'm hopeful that we're headed to a space where there's a lot more equity and a lot more opportunities for everybody. Yeah, speaking of equity, I think I learned that later towards my the end of my studies that as a woman of color, we are less forgiven. Um, so when you make mistakes, it's your, it's less possible for you to receive a second <laughs> opportunity, yeah. while a lot of my other colleagues, either a different gender or a different race, that they're oh that's okay, just try it again, and right. people think okay you're just learning, you're a student, while um when you look differently or when you have different background, you don't have that privilege, while a lot of people don't really realize that. But that's for another day's conversation. Um, <laughs> It sounds like your your coaching is highly personalized, which I respect a whole a lot about that. But I know, um, as you say, there are so many people doing coaching, <laughs> all kinds mm-hmm. of coaching, life coaching, career coaching nowadays, or even you know audition coaching, audition prepping. Yeah. They sell the classes and this and that. Um, some some of them will have a um like a course that you go through. Do you also see there are some fundamental things that are more universal, not so personal, like just like things that you want everybody to at least get through, or there are some foundations that you would share with us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's really important to develop a morning and nighttime routine. Um, We take the way we begin and end our day for granted. So I think any elite performer could really benefit from just having a lot of intentionality with how they start their day, how they end their day. Um, I think making time to continue learning and to, you know, nourish that personal growth side of you. We're, we're humans. We're constantly evolving. We're constantly thinking new thoughts. And I think that music school sometimes does a disservice in making us think that you need to know everything in four years or six or eight or 10. And it's like, no, you have your whole life to implement some of these things. You have your whole life to figure some of this stuff out and you have your whole life to troubleshoot and figure out like, is this for me? Is it not? I've gone through seasons where I journal. I've gone through seasons where I meditate. I've gone through seasons where I don't read any books because I can't handle it. I've gone through seasons where I podcast, where I don't. Like, It's just giving yourself that permission and opportunity to figure out how do you want to learn and what makes sense for you. Waking up early does not make you a better person. As long as you get whatever you need to get done within the hours you choose to, live your life. So I think it's just having some structure where it's like, okay, how am I reflecting? How am I growing? What am I learning? What is appealing to me? And that is really done in the morning nighttime routine. Um, I think it's important to always have some kind of mentorship or checking in on your skill set, um, whether that's one-off lessons or whether that's continuing education and all of my certifications. I have at least quarterly things to keep me sharp, to keep thinking new thoughts, because I think that there's a really big degree of humility that is involved in being in a helping profession and being in a space where it's so easy to sit 
on your laurels and pontificate about how it should work for everybody. And it's like, no, times are changing. Things are different. Um, I mean, if the pandemic taught us anything is that anything is possible. So just really staying humble and, and recognizing that you don't know everything and that you you know, need to continue to grow. So I would say figure out what is that plan for you. Um, I think financial literacy is so important for musicians. So getting educated. What do you not know? Don't feel shame about it. I, in my early 30s, and I just started figuring out budgeting and finances and um, having a business. It's, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of unknowns. Tax law changes every single year. So if you feel anxiety every like April 15th or whatever, you're not alone. Get a CPA, ask questions, Google. There's an amazing resource called LegalZoom where they teach you about LLCs, how to build a 501c3. There's lots of great TED Talks about it, fundraising, grant writing. Whatever you don't know, don't feel shame. Just go learn it. The University of Google is great. Ask people um, and make sure that you're also surrounding yourself with people that are in places you want to be at. Um, something that I've learned the hard way is nobody who's at your level or behind you would ever judge or shame you for what you're doing or not doing. Um, or no one who's ahead of you in the journey, sorry, would ever judge or shame you for the things that you're doing or not doing. It's only the people that are at your level or behind you that have opinions. So make sure that you have clarity around who that circle is and what that looks like and always reach up. Make sure you're reaching up when you're wanting to grow. Um, so I would say that's the foundation, just your financial literacy, morning, nighttime routine, how you want to grow as a person, and just maintaining that humility and perspective and, and really embracing the fact that you're doing the best you can with what you've got. And once you know more, you can do better and you can do more or not. And it's so personalized and it's so different and change your mind. It's okay. I've changed my mind so many times and I'm better for it um, instead of resisting. And I've committed to this path. It's like, what does that even mean? Life is short. <laughs> <laughs> I really love how you phrase it. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I you know, like we beat it up. I was like, okay, I start this thing, and it only it only lasted for two weeks, and it's it's better than not trying it, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You learn so much, and you just become a more well rounded person and braver. I think courage is so important and such a huge part of curiosity. And we kind of lose that in school a little bit because you you're like told it has to be a certain way, and it's like. Not true, actually. Not in the real world. So before we wrap up our conversation, I have one last question, and that might be a little cliche, but looking back and you're almost 10, no, you just celebrate your 10 years <laughs> of owning your own business. Congratulations. What is something that you learned or something that that went so bad that <laughs> you just want to warn us not to do that? Yeah. Um, two things. I'll tell you a good and a bad. Um, a good thing is you really never know how things are going to end up in the best way possible. So give yourself that permission to dream and to believe in magic, which sounds so cheesy. But if you would have told me 10 years ago that I would have the career that I have right now, I would never believe that because it just seems so wildly fantastical. And a lot of the things that I do now didn't exist back then. So I think that we get so caught up in like, I was like, I'm going to play in a military band or I'm going to do this and that. And, and I was boxing myself in in something smaller than was actually waiting for me. So just give yourself that chance to like uh, grow and dream and, and think about what you want to be doing. Um, and then as far as the, the bad thing, uh, not the bad thing, the amazing learning opportunity. Um, what I 
essentially learned is financial literacy. Um, I built a really fancy um, instrument seminar in Europe and I've always been passionate about events. I'm a glorified event planner. I love instrument days. I love recruiting events. I love conferences. I have a knack for, I have actually a great team that helps me stay organized, but I'm a visionary. So I can help, you know, kind of bring visions together. And um, that workshop went so bad. Um, I had like 15, 20 people pull out last minute. I hadn't gathered deposits because I was 22 and I didn't know. Um, and it ended up costing me probably the equivalent to a master's degree in business. Um, my client fired me right away. I was horrified. I thought I was going to go bankrupt. It really messed up my taxes that year. I got into so much debt and I was also like in Europe. So I was like in another country running something that was, you know, crashing and burning. And, um, yeah, I, I thought my life was over and, um, it, it wasn't, I survived. Um, but yeah, that financial literacy and that, getting organized. Um, I learned to be humble. I was very, very egocentrical. I was doing that for me and cause I knew that I could do it and I had the vision and I didn't have the expertise experience or the team to back up what I was trying to do. And I'm glad it, it's not in the medical field and nobody got hurt, but, um, I definitely learned a very expensive lesson. Thank you so much for sharing that. I definitely did something similar when I was younger. <laughs> Not so much to almost went bankrupt to say, but but I totally understand like when you're doing things for you to fulfill your own ego, just proving that you can do things, you miss a lot of things and that's um um but we learn a lot. Yes, absolutely. I definitely got it together after that and I was like never again. <laughs> And thank you so much for coming to the podcast today, Karen. And just before um, we say goodbye, tell my audience where they can find you um, for social media and website if they want to get connected. Yeah, of course. Um, thanks so much for having me. This has been so fun. I love talking to other podcasters because you just like flow and it's so great. It's like we're having coffee, but we're not even together. Um, so you can find me on my website. Um, I have a main master brand, KarenKubitas.com, which is my name. Um, and then from there, it'll link you to all the places. Um, and yeah, I live on Instagram. Um, so Karen.Cubitas um, is my personal handle. And um, my DMs are always open. I always say, like, I'm happy to be a resource. So if you have any questions, thoughts or anything, like, feel free to reach out. That's not weird. I'm, I will always answer. I manage that account myself. Um, so, yeah, if you need anything, happy, happy to support. And we'll put all of that in show notes. So if she she speaks fast, we both speak fast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we it's work fast. Thing. <laughs> no, I think we're just fast working people. <laughs> But this is so much fun and thank you so much for being here.